0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I am your host Mitzi Sosa. Today we're going to go on a journey to figure out the most important things to know before starting a native nursery. We have with us today, drum roll please, Jerry Fritz. Hello, Jerry. Happy Monday.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired. Every day is Friday.
0: We are so excited to have you here today with us, Jerry. I'd like for you to get us started by giving us an introduction. Tell us who you are and what you do, how you got started in this business.
1: Okay, my name is Jerry Fritz, and I started Sunco in 1982. Started out as a maintenance company, and then I got involved. I own some property in South Florida, so I started planting trees and. The maintenance business sort of evolved into a uh, nursery business, and uh, I did a lot of landscaping down in South Florida, and um, I had a cousin who lived in North Florida, and I see there was a need for a lot of three-gallon materials, so I, he owned a lot of land, so I said, hey, just give me one acre, and all I want to do is grow three-gallon uh, shrubs. So he said, okay, I said, you'll make more off this one acre than you will off the other 40 acres of hay that you have and less and won't be as much work. So we started that and uh, we did okay on that, but I, 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 um, I wanted to get bigger. So I had spent my summers in that area. So I bought 20 acres of land and started a nursery on it, all containers, all drip irrigation. At that time, you know, the, the top of the line, the most technical and had everything. So I grew that and I only grew native trees. I, and then I joined a native plant society and at that point I met a lot of people at the at that time it was association of Florida native nurseries so I joined that and became a member and met a lot of people who are friends today and anyway so about five years ago none of my children wanted to get involved in the business so I see no reason to keep beating a dead horse so I said you know i have I can handle it. So I sold off my nursery and one in South Florida and the one in North Florida. So I'm retired, but I still believe in the industry. I still believe in native plants. So, uh, you know, I'm doing anything I can to help, you know, further the industry and, and get young people.
0: So was this something you studied in school? Or was it a interest you developed much later on?
1: I went back to school and got my degree in ornamental horticulture, which I did at night after working 12 hours a day a sweat and sweating and going home and then studying for four hours. But I already had the core. All I had to do was take the core because I already had a degree in sociology. So I got that and I got a I went and took a test to become an arborist, a arborist, internationally certified, certified arborist. And I got that. So, And I was real proud of that because I was Florida 101 was my number. And now they're in the thirty and 40,000. So I was real proud of that. But and, and then I got my pest control license. I became a certified pest operator. I took another test and I passed the state exam on that, which I guess I'm good at taking tests. But anyway, so I had that. So I was able to treat trees. Uh, being the arborist, I could treat them. I could take them down or whatever. So and that's basically what I did. Mostly landscaping in South Florida. And I sold trees to landscape contractors. So that's pretty much how I got into this. I, did, I didn't get started until I was 30, 32 years old. I was a, a regional manager for a company that uh, was in the southeastern United States. So I moved to Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, North Florida. So I enjoyed working for that. But that job just never, I just didn't like it anymore. So I had a chance to get in the industry. So that's how I got into this job for network. so
0: I also noticed that you kind of just started growing trees from the beginning or focused on the three gallon. Three,
1: three gallon. I uh, Well here I had a uh, three acres in South Florida which it's hard to believe that we had it in town but it I grew palms to start with and then at that point I went and started the three gallon native plants in North Florida. So I still had this nursery which I grew palms mostly to plant in Palm Beach. That's where I did a lot of work for the rich people over there, who were believe it or not, were very kind and nice.
0: <laughs> uh, well, was there anything that kind of pushed you to just focus on the the trees, or was it just kind of like? Uh,
1: an- yeah. Um, I don't know. I did a lot of hunting, and when I I go to the woods all the time, and you know, I was always looking up. I was not so much looking down. <laughs> So uh, I, I don't know, really focused. I just had a, uh, I don't know, being when I became an arborist, it was all trees. So I guess I just, you know, kind of slanted towards that. And and I never really thought about it until you just asked me that question. I kind of, you know, there's no way that we could compete with uh, you know, corporations that had a hundred acres. So we tried to grow some of the stuff that nobody else grew. So, you know, that was still native plant and, and, sometimes the restoration work but a lot of the architects were coming on board about native plants so they were expecting some and we might have to be the only one who grew it so <laughs> i'm glad i did
0: i think the world is very happy that you decided to focus on growing trees um, i have heard before that it's usually a good idea to stick to growing one thing and supplying that to the market instead of trying to grow everything at once do you think that's that's the way to go
1: well I I agree with that at one time we tried to grow everything and then you know no matter what you did try to grow you never had what the customer wanted so we sort of started you know getting rid of items so we got down to about 10 different trees that we grew and we just tried to grow them better and not try to grow everything because you can't grow everything so
0: right Well, apart from, you know, getting a a heads up of, like, don't try to grow everything, (laughs) what are other things you wish you would have known or had been given a heads up before you started in the native plant industry?
1: Well, in the nursery business, one thing, you know, with my former job, I worked five days a week. Well, in the nursery business, it's seven and a half days a week. You're never off And you never, ever get caught up. There's always something to do. So you always feel like if you do something on the weekends, you're guilty because this had to be done or this should have been done. So I would say that was probably something that uh, I didn't anticipate as much hands-on as that I did. But after a while, you just learned, well, I can can take care of that Monday (laughs) if it wasn't, you know, water irrigation problem.
0: And what were some of the really rewarding things that made all that grunt work worth it
1: uh, watching television and talking about how they're cutting down the the forest and argentina and brazil and here i am planting trees back not at the rate they're cutting them down but at least i am doing something good for the environment i'm doing something that's going to help the future um planting trees um that's a good thing so i i always felt that i was doing something good instead of dumping chemicals down the river Type of business
0: though <laughs> right, and that's one of the beautiful things about this industry is that while we see all of the environmental impacts that we're having as we keep growing in population, our native plant growers are still trying to do something to to help that, so switching gears a little bit apart from the stuff that we have mentioned already, are there some details that you think new nursery owners? oversee when they're starting out and what are some mistakes that they should avoid coming in
1: uh i would think maybe uh being not having enough money to start with because you're going to go through periods where you're not selling anything and you still have a payroll you still have you know electric bills you still have everything uh, insurance everything like that so i'm saying you should be well funded um i don't know that i would say i wouldn't try to start out Real big. I would try to start out sort of small, get a feeling for it, and then once I felt that I really liked this type of industry, and I like what I was doing, and then maybe I had a little history of sales, I would know if I wanted to get bigger than I, I knew that I could uh, grow easier, planning the right things and having the experience to take care of it at the time. So I'd say, don't try to start out big and don't try to grow everything just try to concentrate on a smaller uh, network. and develop good customer relationships that's an important thing and another thing not just because I belong to FANN and I belong to the Native Plant Horticultural Foundation but it's good to be connected in this business I mean it is important the lady that just bought the nursery from the gentleman that I sold it to she has a career in marketing which scared me because I'm going well, you need to know something about trees but I've been helping her out but anyway She has done things with marketing that I never have come up with. I mean, she has got a good thing going. So I'm saying marketing was something that I was probably light on. And at the time when I got in this business, there was no Facebook. There was no, uh, you know, there was just the plant finder. That was the only way you could advertise. But now with everything else, I would say you'd have to have, you know, a good background in marketing because you can grow the best product. But if you can't sell it, you're not going (laughs) to make any money.
0: That's the the cold hard truth, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the role the internet has played on the native plant industry or the interest of homeowners or individuals designing their own native landscapes or even just having some native plants in their backyard? Do you think that's going to... Increase as we get the internet involved, and I don't know, eventually become a little bit more mainstream.
1: Uh, I, I see it. There's no way that it cannot. Uh, I mean, it seems like you know everybody's on Facebook and everybody's you know streaming this and everybody's researching plants, and I mean like. Uh, sometimes I cannot remember the name of a plant that I get older now that I knew the name of but I could really quickly find the name of it before you had to go to the library you know and look it up to get to find out the name so I would say with all the internet uh, sources that it is nothing but going to help more people discover native plants more people to get into business um, the only thing disheartening when I went to school there was there was some I call them children because I was much older then, but there was, uh, p- people in the class, young people that were just taking it because they thought it was an easy classes. So mm-hmm. that kind of concerned me. And, uh, but there was some of them that were really dedicated and I have met some since then that gra- have graduated and they are really, uh, I'm impressed. It makes me feel good that, you know, that well, I'm not the only one carrying a torch and I am not the only one carrying a torch. Uh, there was a lot of us in this state that, that, you know, will do anything to help anybody to succeed so that's one thing about being connected people aren't afraid to help you if you got a problem I could call anybody at FANN and say hey look I got this problem oh I had that problem a year ago here's what I did you know and they don't they're very helpful so it's good to belong to organizations
0: it's always good to to surround yourself with like-minded people for sure if you were talking to some of those young students that, that you saw and they were deciding to start their own nursery, <laughs> what are some of the skills that you think they need to have under their belt to be successful once they open their, their nursery?
1: Uh, well, I, I think you have to have some knowledge of well, horticulture. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be, uh, have a PhD in it. But you should have some knowledge. You should have a little bit of background to know what you're getting into. I mean, if, if you got a degree in uh, ecology and then all of a sudden you want to open a nursery, that doesn't mean you really have a background in horticulture. It doesn't mean you do not, but it means you uh, accessed it. So I'm just saying to get started, you would, you really got to have a desire, to, I mean, to, to plant things that help the environment i think that would be a big thing and the big thing is plant the right thing and i always told people hey what, what should i plant what should i plant in my nursery what should i plant in my nursery i go well i'll tell you the best advice i can give you you go through my nursery and you see what i've planted and you plant something else because <laughs> <laughs> these ain't solid <laughs> <laughs> uh, a thing too is i've had three downturns in this business and i mean it broke a lot of customer. I mean, growers, I mean, that were not big growers, but smaller growers, you know, that were starting with, you know, a couple acres maybe, and the industry hit where there was no building, nobody were buying plants, and I mean, I went through three of them, and I mean, it's just like, I was, I had everything paid for, which is one thing What I would do. I didn't borrow a lot of money, so I, I didn't have, you know, the notes that I had to pay, but it uh, those downturns were something. So if you're going to get into business, you need to be aware that it ain't all going to be. It's not all going to be peaches and cream. There are going to be some times, and it's you know. And right now, building is good. So I always say, tough times don't last. Tough people do. So that'd be my advice. So I mean, you're going to have to be strong enough to put up through the tough times, or you should maybe should seek another line of work. That's
0: a, a harsh but true point. What about the the training or the communication skills that it takes to manage some employees or just have them there to help you?
1: Well, employees are very important. Uh, maybe when you start out small, you're not going to have um, a lot of uh, employees. You might be the only employee, or your relative that helps you out. But you've got to have good employees. And I know when I worked, part of my job description to myself and not to anybody else was. I just didn't tell the employee what to do. I taught them what to do. Why do we, uh, you know why we're doing this? No, the reason we're doing this. So as we were working, I was teaching them. So they were learning horticulture, whether they knew it or not. So if they were a good employee, pretty soon they would know as much as, well, almost as much as you did. And they learned it the way from the ground up. They didn't learn it from uh, books, textbooks, videos. They learned it, the other, which is the way I did learn it. Uh, when I went back to school to get my degree, I'd already done it all. I had already done everything wrong, so I knew the right way to do it after that. But uh, starting from the ground. But employees is probably the most important part, keeping them, uh, making their job fun, making their job interesting. and you know, it's not just going out there digging holes or planting trees or stepping up plants it's you know there's, re- there's a reason we do everything and this is why and it seemed to always work with me to teach them where they were learning something that just wasn't boring so That's about all I got in that category.
0: And while you were teaching your employees everything that you knew, what were some of the ways that you made sure that you were still learning as much as you could about anything?
1: Well, uh, every year FANN would have a, uh, a native plant show, and they always had classes there. So even when I went there, there were classes that, you know, I thought I knew something about it. And then when I'd go to the class, I would learn more. Same way with the Native Plant Society. I mean, I just, I would leave there, thinking how dumb I was when I went there <laughs> and how smart I am when I left. <laughs> but uh, uh, you gotta have, you need places to go learn and you need to be able to find those places. And again, that's where the internet might help to, to learn. But uh, a lot of times it's still hands-on and then do like I do, do it wrong for about three times and find out, well, this that, if that's not working. no matter How many times I tried it? So let's try something different. So oh, that worked, so. Anyway,
0: you have brought up some really, really amazing points. So I want to make sure that we get everything that we can condensed in, in our last question here. I know it's you have spent all this time listening to us and now we're reaching the end. But Jerry, if you were to be in charge of designing your very own how to start a nursery course that included different modules of different topics to learn before you were ready to go. What are some of the key topics that you would make sure were covered in that course?
1: Well, I know this sounds funny coming from me and speaking to you, but you would ha- I think you would need a good uh, ability to, to work with the internet. When we first started, uh, one of the classes that I uh, changed in my major to get, uh, I took statistics off, but I, I said, I don't know anything about computers. So I got a chance to get uh, take a class introduction to computers. So one of the first things that I'm gonna say to you now is you do have to have some computer access, some computer ability to, to know how to use a computer and not so much for getting on the internet, but making spreadsheets. I mean, keeping track of your sales, keeping track of your labor, keeping track of interest, keeping track of insurance. But so you need to have some ability to use a computer. Uh, The next thing is you need to have, um, again, I would go back and say you need some way to uh, sell your product. Uh, how, How can you get your name and your material out there where it can be easily viewed? And if viewed, then maybe sold. So you'd have to have that. You'd have to have uh you had to have some information on uh soils and fertilizers i that was one of my first classes i took with soils and fertilizers and at that point i knew why i had taken chemistry because it was a lot of chemistry and uh, that was very important um so you need to know some of that you need to know something about a little bit about photosynthesis like you know why can't i plant this tree uh, under uh, in the shade uh, why uh, why do i want to plant the rose north and south or east or west um, depending on the sun so you need a little bit of that but basically i would make it a that's what else would i do in that i would something to do with finance and economics you need you're you're not just growing plants you are running a business you really need to know economics and and financing like you know how how do i how can i borrow money cheap if i need to borrow money how can i do this uh, how can i work with the dealers uh equipment dealers you need to know a little bit about that uh, uh. so that would be some of the things that i I could think of
0: we have reached the end of our time here jerry but it has been so amazing to have you here and to listen to your story uh, and as well as all of the advice that you have for anyone that is trying to pursue their own native plant nursery
1: uh, I thank you very much and and I hope I help somehow but I mean I, I'm the kind of person if somebody calls me I don't mind mentoring this lady that bought the nursery from the man I sold it to who ran it into the ground she is doing her best to bring it back and it's you know that nursery is in Live Oak which is I live in well actually I live in Lake Worth in Madison Florida so I'm in Lake Worth now but uh i mean i i stopped by there i call her up say i can stop by for an hour if you got any questions and like a simple thing is how do i get the trees on the trailer (laughs) well which she put them on and i said you just put them on there well she put them on and she stood them up so, no, you got to lay them down so that they don't catch the wind. And you got to put a tarp over them. You, oh, like, a, you know, just simple things. So, anyway, I, I, I'm here to help any way I can. So,
0: definitely. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right.
1: Thank you. Bye. <laughs> don't be laughing.
0: <laughs> ay, ay, ay. <laughs> and that was Jerry Fritz. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at nativeplantport.org where you can find even more information and keep an eye out for even more interviews coming your way. We will get to interview other nursery owners like Dara Dobson, Roger Triplett, Nancy Bizet, and many more. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day.